once again very cold. Minus 22, let's go. Minus 22. <clears throat> Whereas yesterday, it was above freezing, so... It's very strange. And that, of course, is the sound of the windshield wipers. Wiping away the last of the frost. Yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah, another cold one. It's, I guess, to be expected. You get teased sometime in February. You got, like, one day or two days where it's above freezing. It's like, oh, 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 oh. Spring's going to be here in, like, six weeks. And then it's like this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. But, yeah. Uh, it's pretty chilly. Not bad. And I actually, uh, this week, I, I actually was teaching people in a room. Three different, well, no, two different rooms, three different classes. Uh, which was fine. It was fine. Um, one place, I had a, one room I had trouble with the projector, but that's to be expected. Those things happen. And everywhere else was good. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was a pretty good week, I thought. Uh, also give two tests and mark them all, which... I don't know about you, but I'm pretty impressed with myself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's 110 midterms. And I don't have no TA. Uh, I get offered TAs, but I can't. The kind of tests I use, I, I can't really have TAs mark them. So the only ones they could mark would be statistics. And the problem there is that, well, not a problem. I can mark them faster than they could. They could and I can, mark, like, I can mark them very quickly. Stats tests, so. <clears throat> the others are things like... Essays, and I, I can't have a student marking another student's essay. I just won't, I, I won't do that. So, and uh, yeah, so it's, you know, a couple of days of having to read really bad handwriting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I tell them, you know, don't worry too much about your handwriting. Try to be neat, but I know you're under a lot of pressure, so just get written down what you want. The biggest issue I always have is people writing down other things that have nothing to do with the question. Yes. It's like, this is a fine answer to a question I didn't ask. Yeah, that's that, that would have been me. I, I've <laughs> done all of that. Oh, I think we've all done it. Don't misunderstand me. I don't, I don't claim to have been the perfect undergraduate or grad student. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I certainly did that as well. Um, but I always like felt like there was like a mystery understanding because I always understood beside the track. I'm always a little bit beside the track, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, some, oh, are you writing Beside that? the track is a great beside title. Beside the track? It's a great title. Yes. Just keep, just keep in note, you know, you never know, you never know, I might, might use that one. A côté de la coche Ah, okay, French. so it's actually an expression in French, I see. Well, it's Kush is um, check mark, so right. a little bit beside the check mark. Right. I put the, put the thing on. I just, I just uh, it's, it's yeah, it's gonna fog up. So just leave it on. Yeah. Just yeah, it's, it's good. And it is very cold out, so yeah, you have to have the heat on. Yeah. Is the, the heat on? Is the heat on? Is the heat on? We saw a, a, a comedian about thirty years ago, and we still. <laughs> that guy, and he was, all I remember about him was he was an Asian 
it was guy, an Asian guy. But he was from Texas, so he had <laughs> yes. this kind of accent. <laughs> and he kept talking. And he kept talking about how his <laughs> how it was his uh, was it his grandmother he kept saying, "Is the heat on? Is the heat on?" <laughs> and also his great his grandmother or grandfather or whatever or somebody anyway didn't know about signals like turn signals in cars like ever put them on and that's where what's that clicking noise what's comes that from clicking noise yeah and uh that's the same night we saw jim carrey who was a complete unknown doing that bit where he said tasted dude all the time and yes. we just kept saying that that's like 30 odd years ago it was before we were married and we still reference this it's like one stand-up show like an evening at the improv from like 35 years ago <laughs> right? Almost 35 years there ago. 30 years ago. There must be a word for this. A memory, I believe. So. Language, like family language. It probably pop, is. Family pop culture reference language. Yeah. <laughs> That's almost a better title. Family Grandfathered. pop culture. <laughs> Grandfathered into the DNA makeup of the family. <laughs> well, there are things like that. Yesterday, my mom... Uh, sent me a text message saying she just put crackers in her soup and thought to herself, remember that time Keith Breckenridge put too much crackers in his soup? <laughs> Which is something that my brother used to say when he was like a little kid because this kid Keith Breckenridge from next door came over like, and this is when Dan was like four <laughs> for lunch and he put, this kid Keith put too many crackers in his soup and it just became like sludge. And then mom just, she, she texted that to me and she said, why am I thinking of that? I said, I think of that every time I put crackers in soup. <laughs> and that happened in, you know, 1971. <laughs> so that kid Keith was a, he was a funny kid. He, 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 he had um, something with it wrong with his adenoids. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, eventually I'm sure he got fixed. But he kind of, so he talked like he was really nasal voice. Yeah. yeah and, he, and then his little brother, Craig, was like three but still wearing diapers <laughs> which is fine everybody develops it a, been John in our everybody develops at a different rate but mm. the thing is he actually said one day he was wearing pampers which were new disposable diapers were pretty new eh? and he was telling us like he told my grandfather uh, you know like Ed my grandfather dad's father he told him about the, the I think it was him my, my other grandparents doesn't matter he was explaining the reusable, resealable tabs, the tape tabs on the pampers. Yeah. But the kid wearing them was explaining it. And yeah. whoever, my grandparents, whatever one it was, said, you know, I think when you can explain how your diapers work, you're probably too old to wear diapers. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh, no, I know. But it was funny at the time. Because you don't usually see people Those explaining Those are the it. kinds of things we as a culture used to make fun of in the 90s and it's not funny anymore well a lot of people have yeah i mean you know uh yeah no that's that's true there's there's nothing about that you know humor changes yeah no more about different possibilities of living of course and uh like the opening of the internet and everything like that it has yes all of these possibilities sure. out sure. outwards so we should we should you know those we should say that this this is marked by 
like a really a patriarchal kind of setting. Maybe. Um, I'm yes. sure. But it's, of course, it's also making fun of little foibles like that. Is you know, it's it's just the way that humor worked back then. Sure. You know? Oh no, sure. Of course, things uh, things change over time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that was but that was 1971. It wasn't. Okay, but you were still making fun of it in the 80s and 90s because you were talking about it, right? It, you're referencing that, and that's okay. Right. You know, like I'm not saying uh, you assholes. I'm just saying that <laughs> those jokes aren't funny you anymore. You, well, you would. I don't think you'd make. I don't think. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, the, I think a lot of times what happens is that uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say heat because that's the that's there's no heat, but. Spur, sort of spur of the moment things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that heat, that heat are specific to to a very specific situation. Yes, exactly. And, yes, you know. You, That's right. But when that little joke becomes, you know, like funny to a large group, sure, it means that it's funny for that time. You know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 I see yeah, so it's funny. Kids had to grow fast, let's say. Right. Back when we were kids, kids had to grow fast, grow up fast. You could leave the house at 18, get married. Yeah, that's know? true. Hold I a mean, job and yeah, buy a house. Yeah, it, it's, it was much more possible for someone to sort of start their adult life at 18 or 20. Like, be a man, don't now. cry, all of that. Oh, sure, there's that too. That's a whole different thing. Well, it's just related. But yeah, I mean, it was also, it was a different, it's different in that at the time, like I said, it was a lot easier to do. Not everything required, um, not every job ad you saw required a university degree, <laughs> for example. Yes. Um, companies used to train people. Yeah. You know, I mean, my dad. You just could live in a company house. Well, yeah, there were places like that, but that's further back. Except in some places, sure. But, uh, no, I mean, it used to be you could get a career, like an actual career, and not have having to have even gone to post-secondary education. In, in the 70s, I remember Duncan and, and Dan Stewart and all them saying that they lived in the, the houses owned by the university. The university bought houses and sold them at cost yeah, like, to, to the faculty, yeah. That's in the 70s. Yeah. That's yeah. when like the university popped up and also the house we're in was built for, that time. for people working at uh, Algoma Steel. Oh, they were actually built by the steel company? I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I mean, I know our next door neighbor was one. Was a steel worker. Well, who was it? Was it the uh, real estate agent who explained that there were different types of houses that uh, you know, co uh, les comptes, les, 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 les managers, les gérants, les, the managers mm -hmm. would have this type of house. The huh. uh, entry level workers would have this type type of house. Oh, in uh, I remember that certainly. Our neighborhood. 
You mean in our neighborhood now? In our neighborhood, the, the the house we bought was like one of those houses built for oh, different yes. the house uh, packages yes. of people working at Alguma Steel. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking more of in, in Cornerbrook. I, I don't remember that, but uh, that sounds perfectly plausible. So it's not so way far back that companies, you know, they built houses for people. It's it's like you're moving into the company house. You're buying it, but the company house really you know like right. they're giving you a, a good rate for it yeah i know when when, when they when uh Redfield college in cornerbrook started in 75 that's that's one of the reasons one of the ways they were trying to attract faculty which you wouldn't have to do now because people are just clawing for jobs is yeah they bought in another town was it pasadena i think which is outside cornerbrook yeah. and the university bought up I don't know how many, but there were a few houses, and um, some some of the faculty still lived in them. So they bought these houses, and then they they sold them at cost, as I said, to the faculty members. So that was a, quite a perk. Um, but that was because there was a lot more competition for faculty jobs back mm-hmm. then. Uh, sorry, yeah, there was competition looking for. You see out of that? Because I can so rule them. Talking about like time when it was very much geared towards guys and what guys thought and guys sure. said yep. counted more. Oh, totally, yeah. And you know, women were at home with the kids. Yep. You know, and so if your kid wore still wore diapers by three, there was something wrong with the mother or the child rearing or something, you know, to make fun of. Well, you know, other mothers probably just kind of, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> I got too much on my plate right now. <laughs> I gotta clean the house, shop, uh, you know, look presentable, be judged by everybody, be on committees, do <laughs> charity work, you know, whatever. So, so what? Uh, my kid has diapers at three, you know? <laughs> I vaguely remember the mom. I think the dad was a cop. Like an OPP police officer, I think? Maybe a Toronto police officer. This was in Toronto. But I vaguely remember the mother. <laughs> but only vaguely. I mean, it's a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you got your phone and everything, so I'll text yeah. you when I'm done. Alright, uh, grab that. Please. Okay, I gotta get my mask over. Let's probably put that on. This one. Okay. Yeah, it's really cold. It's not very windy. And we're here a touch earlier than we often are, though this isn't bad early. Not sure what my wallet might need that. They apparently expect you to buy food. Hear that snow squeaking under people's tires? Okay. Wish they had some road salt. They don't ever seem to have it anymore. Let's see it. Usually it's right up front here.
slide. There we go. Slide? Okay. Yeah, I'm just uh, doing <laughs> a poster oh, yeah. with my art on it. Okay. For um, February 22nd. Mm -hmm. the, um, international, the national, the international, I'm not sure if it's national, I think it's national, Day of Human Trafficking. Right. Um. I have a friend who is uh, a social worker, Honey, mm -hmm. and Honey has been working with so many organizations mm -hmm. uh, over the time uh, about uh, all kinds of issues. Right. And um, they were this group of social workers that got together raise awareness uh -huh. um, started with like posters to uh, really bring up the, uh, the issue okay. um, and so St. Marie was a hub I don't know if it still is but well, it's a border yeah, yeah there's a border here so um, it's it's something yeah. that's happening sure and um, she asked me if I would uh, do a workshop with some people. Um, okay. She wanted to do it with parents and schools and um, she didn't, she kind of, at first she, she told me of, of the, uh, the day, then she said, do I know anybody who'd be interested in making some artwork for this? Right. I spent a whole morning giving her names and sure. phone numbers and addresses for her to contact. Then she asked me if I would do a workshop. Oh. Uh, and how she asked me was, she said, it could, uh, it could be any day from the 22nd to the 25th. And so I had already put the 22nd in my calendar. Right. Here and I'm gonna say no, but 
I gave you lots of names and telephone numbers of people in the community who do that kind of work and I referred her to um, Maria, Maria uh, yep. Perol Ilaria, who's an art therapist. She works with, she's familiar with these communities. Uh-huh. She does a lot of uh, great um, hostessing of art making and creative art making that anybody can do, you know? Sure. And she puts kids together too. That's another thing. Right. She's based in the museum. She's supported by the museum. You know, she's the kind of person that you can do this yes. work. Yes. Um, she's trained for that. She took courses in psychology. She she worked with all kinds of communities when she was going to school, doing her MFA in art therapy. Like she's really good at what she does and a good resource and um, but Renee wanted someone French and she wanted to organize all this but I said look I I already booked the date for the for February 22nd but I had already planned to do a day of sort of posting uh, things and photos and I started making artwork based on on human trafficking like I'm playing with I'm learning Photoshop right now yep uh, playing with images uh, to to make images that can be striking but not too dark you know, not too hard yes so because that's a hard topic sure. you know like totally. I, I'm, I have so Anyway, I'm. Wor- I was working uh, while you were in the, in the store. Grocery yeah. store. I, I was uh, editing the Trafic Humain as one F oh, in that, French, but two Fs in English. Huh. I wonder what where traffic where that word comes Trafficking. from. Trafficking. So that means it probably. Huh. I'll be right back. Yeah. Sounds like something I would have heard in the History of English podcast. Probably would have, they probably explained that. I'll look that up when I get home. It's funny it's not busy, but it's, it's kind of early.
Oh my, okay. So, that, you know what happened? What? Well, not what happened. They, so I bought a bottle of vodka. I dropped my phone just a Oh, got it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm on my way out and she says, do you want some club soda? And I said, you just giving it away? And she said, yeah, take as much as you want. So I go to grab one thing. She said, no, take all of it. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> But she said, no, when we, people buy things that are good with club soda, we're supposed to suggest they take some. I said, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. So it was very weird. That's why there's a, I got half a freaking pallet of club soda. It's really strange. It surprised well, me. I'm, uh, I'm doing my dry February. I haven't drank any alcohol and... And I started a few days before the beginning of February, so let's say about 10 days. No, what's the day? Today's the 9th. It's been about right? yep. 11 days. No, today's not the 9th. Today's the 11th. Oh. 12th. Today's the 12th. God, it goes fast. Yes. Oh, it was Mom's birthday. It was Mom's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Mom, if you listen. Sometimes she does, I know that. Yeah. to 
to make work that mm -hmm. goes through it mm -hmm. and uh, promotes a little bit myself but not so much not too too harshly you know not right. too hard uh, because I want to promote other people but when it's for a cause artwork on it I'll I'll do a little bit of self-promotion then but you know not too much not too blatantly right anyway so it's uh, like navigating those lines of activity is uh, you know which hat I'm wearing when and, and in what capacity you know right it's uh, something right you know, she, she she I wanted to do workshops like I want to do oh, sure. art workshops yeah. but those have to be prepared a lot oh sure and, you can't just you know. throw something together in a brief period of time the, the other thing is <laughs> being doing anything there is a there is an ethical thing about doing anything yeah. that would involve potentially making people like uh, like you don't have any, neither do I, by the way, have any training in how no. to deal with any of these things. And yeah. you can't, I mean, it's just, yes. it's ethically, for example, if, if you were doing this as something to do with the university, you yeah. wouldn't be allowed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah. the ethics board would go, nope, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, we, exactly. We won't let you. Exactly. Uh, I remember, exactly. in fact, and I mean, I felt yeah. It. I felt like that. I, yeah. I remember being in a meeting once and some student had wanted to, years ago, didn't know it was here, wanted to do, to interview people at the prison, at the, not the prison, the jail here, you know, the remand center. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I'm sure it's an interesting research area and all that stuff. And one of the questions that we asked was, well, does their supervisor have any expertise in this? Because that's kind of a touchy thing, talking to whatever it was, pedophiles or something. And it's like, well, if they don't, I, I can't do it. You can't do it. We, we can't. No, you don't have, you can't just yeah. do whatever you want. Even yeah. no matter what good place it comes from. Yeah, exactly. Because That's you could actually do harm to people. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Or yeah. yourself, right? Because yeah. also yourself oh, yeah. you have to be concerned oh, yeah. about yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I uh, have my own shit to, to work with, you know? And uh, it, uh, it's at the edge of scraping that a little bit. You yeah, know? yeah. And, uh, totally. I felt it's it, it, it's all in good it's all for the good it's it's all good you know like there isn't any oh, no. bad but it, I'm I was just explaining that sometimes things come to me projects such and such and sometimes I have to explain projects to others who haven't seen it yet too so that's hard to do as well yes. you know when you're trying to uh, you know have your home you're doing your all your activities at the same time and doing 10 different things mm -hmm. you're juggling many balls I, I get that and, and people especially social workers are in those positions all the time sure 
so there's a little bit of a of, of a, a bias that I have to work against um, that people think well she's a professor she's an artist she has a lot of time on her hands she's at home making you know drawings so she has all the time so she can't do that you know right but I'm not paid <laughs> you know like I don't have a salary that I work on I am self-employed my my contracts are small and sparse and I insist on paying for my stuff. We're going to you yeah. know, wear it. Sometimes you help me with a little bit sometimes with equipment or materials, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. But most of the time I pay for it out of my own money that I've made myself, which is really important to me through grants and through teaching one course, which pays me $6,000. Uh, so I make maybe 12,000 and with courses on one year and maybe eight, four, four to 6,000 on grants. So I make about $20,000 a year being an artist, full-time artist. Uh -huh. But I do have a job, you know, I, I yeah, have to go course. and make some artwork, I yes. have to send emails, I have to write grants. All this is, is not a 9 to 5 job, but it's, it's a job. Jeez. Yeah. Like totally. sometimes sure. you leave the house and when you come back I'm still at the computer, right? Like that happens, yeah. happens. And in your pajamas still. I'm in my pajamas, I get up, I answer emails in my pajamas. Sometimes until noon, I'm still in my pajamas. Sometimes you take off your pajamas to put on different pajamas because it's bedtime. <laughs> yes, from pajamas to pajamas. <laughs> I do, I do. Yes, with Matt. <laughs> oh dear God. That alien person that you live with. <laughs> I'm not saying anything negative. No, I know. <laughs> I put my seat warmer to five. It's yeah, quite to toasty. Yeah, it's about 400 fucking degrees in the car. There's <laughs> yes. a goddamn fucking sauna in here. It's minus 22 outside. It's 300 degrees. If I put a cake batter in here, I could have a cake by the time we got home. Get out some of these frozen M&M things and then we can have a little snack on the way home because they'll cook. Okay, I, gotta, oh I gotta see what I, I gotta get here from the list. Yes. I gotta get to see every goddamn thing. Uh, uh, oh my god. Okay, done. Okay, back up. Scroll up, scroll up. Uh, Angus beef, original. Jesus Christ, he must be to spend like a thousand fucking dollars in here. Alright. Wallet, wallet.
There's another big one. Not as big. The one that we just that she just avoided was probably had a diameter uh. of about 
<laughs> Every year. But 80 centimeter <laughs> diameter, like not a meter, but it's closer to a meter than, than half a meter. <laughs> and it was probably about 15 centimeters deep. So for Every those of you who year. use freedom units, that's almost a yard wide and about six inches deep. Every year, around this time, that's what we talk about. Well, you can't, what the fuck? You can't help it. You got people wondering, what the hell is that sound? Remember once, Mark Mark Blevis once said, listening to us once sounded like we were going through an asteroid field in a, in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm also still surprised that anybody listens, but, you know. Well, yeah, when I hear, you know, when somebody like Mark, who we, you know, haven't seen in ages... A lot of these people. You people. What do you mean by you people? Yeah, so. Oh, and speaking of classes, it, we, we found out that Maddie's teaching a course in the summer at Western, so that's mm -hmm. exciting. It's exciting. And it's a course that she took with me. I mean, it's not exactly the same. Topics the same. And that I, of course, have all kinds of materials for, so I shared a bunch of stuff with her in a Google folder that I had. Or have, rather. So hopefully it'll be useful for her. Uh, it's kind of exciting. Remember when I taught my first course when I was a senior grad student, it's um, you over-prepare, which is good. You should over-prepare because it's better than under-preparing and going in and going after after 20 minutes going, well, I guess we're done. Um, yeah. But people are always over-ambitious when they, when they first teach because you just sort of think, well, I can get that much done. And it's like, yeah, you can't. It's always like about two-thirds of what you want to get done, or what you think you can do. Yes. I mean, it's different when you've been doing it a long time, like we have, and you can just go, okay, so, well, I've got four slides left in 15 minutes, you know, and, and you look at your look at the clock on the wall, and it says there's it 18 minutes left, and you got two slides, and one of those slides, it says conclusions. Yes. So you think to yourself, well, what I'm going to do now Aww. is have a bit of a, oh, I'll just expand on this point for, for 10 minutes, you know, I can do that, you know, like before I go into cl the classes now, I look at my notes 10 minutes before class, like it's like, oh, that stuff, good, okay, no, I, mean, I guess that's not true, not with everything, but, because I prepare everything the whole term in advance, and, so it's different, I don't think most people do that, but that's what I do, because I, I want to make sure I have everything ready, because I've been the place where you're 10 minutes ahead of the class. Yeah. And it's not a lot of fun. It's hard. So even when we work doing the advanced recording things, whenever I get a new course, I, I work on it all summer. So it's ready. And I don't have to worry about it in, you know, the day of, the day before. And you can, I don't mind doing that. Yeah, so, I'll tell you, I was surprised it wasn't busy-er in the liquor store in a place a place that sells frozen appetizer food. Yeah. Because tomorrow's the Super Bowl, and you just expect people to uh, be loading up on shit, so. Super Bowl. Yeah, I just don't Another care. time when trafficking. Ugh. Trafficking what? Man, Footballs? Men and sex. It's a high time, apparently. Okay. Trafficked sex. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I know there's a whole thing about people saying there's more domestic 
violence that day and that's actually a myth because I used to actually even talk about that in a class and then it turns out that's been completely debunked is good because I don't want there to be domestic violence. Yeah, you know? but domestic violence has been on the rise uh, during the pandemic. Probably, so yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Being debunked. Who's debunking? I'll show you when we get home. Snopes. And a bunch of other things. I mean, Snopes collects things. They don't actually do the debunking. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, crazy stuff. I didn't know that. I guess, did we beat John Hall, I wonder? Let's see. Yeah, no, he probably beat us all. Good stuff. It is so bright. But, we're almost home. And then I can be in the house where it won't be quite so bright. <laughs> you were doing some art this afternoon right there? Yeah. Excellent. Good stuff. Okay. Well, I guess that's about it. So I will probably do this. And see you later. Goodbye, everyone. Inside, inside.